So with Kanye being on the uh, What Would Meek Do song, mm-hmm. I'm vibing through the whole CD. And I'm saying CD, I don't even have owned a CD in years. <laughs> I don't know that That's the old nigga came out of me real quick. But. Great. Another episode of Crown Jewels Podcast. I got a special guest in here with me today, my girl VJ the Blogger. How you doing, VJ? I am doing wonderful. I got this Remy. I got a new <laughs> combination. My combination is Remy and Cherry Limeade from Sonic. Ah, okay. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it is so good. That's my new thing now. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So, I've been checking you out on Instagram and following your page and like you on point, you know, for everybody who don't know, BJ, the blogger, BJ actually handles a lot of good music reviews, uh, good music content. Um, Explain to me how you got involved in that. Oh, man. So let's see. So I I started off, honestly, just having a love for music, period. Right. So my dad, he's a DJ. My older brother, he was a rapper, and a lot of members of my family are just art, artistic in general. So um, I think over time, I just started to feel like a music aesthetic, and then eventually it just kind of got to a point where I would post like my opinions and my hot takes and yeah. um, any playlist that I would create, I would post it on Facebook or Twitter, and I got a lot of responses from it. So the first review that I ever posted, I, re- I posted a review for Culture 2 on my Twitter and literally broke it down and um, it got like almost a thousand retweets on it. Nice, and nice. Um, after that, I just realized that people want to hear real reviews. They don't want to feel like your your reviews are based off of a popularity contest. They don't want to feel like your reviews are based off of like who's hot right now or whatever. Like they want to know like what's real. And also, honestly, most people don't have time to listen to all the music that comes out every week. Right. Like every, like there was a week, a couple weeks ago that we got like five albums. It's like microwave music. It, it comes is. So fast. Exactly. And that's what I call a lot of like rappers and albums. I call it like microwave rappers, microwave albums, just because it's like when they're just putting stuff out overnight, like you can tell the difference between somebody that like put in like, honest time and effort into their music and people that like just had been in the studio and threw some stuff together and they yeah. were just putting it out. Like people don't do mixtapes no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? People used to used to be able to go to Hot New Hip Hop or That Piv yep. or whatever that and listen to Exactly. Like you could go in there and listen to whatever and even if it was something that was thrown together, it didn't matter. Like it was like I'm just gonna check out the music. But now everybody is putting all their music on like Apple music and they're dropping it on Fridays. Now you have to take the time to sort through what is like real, authentic music and just stuff that people just threw together. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why people appreciate, you know, the reviews I put out because I, me personally, I honestly, I go through as much music as possible every weekend. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, he's hot. Just because everybody in the world thinks it's dope. Like, for example, KOD. I hated KOD. Really? I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I did not like KOD. And, you know, 
I feel like I got a lot of backlash from that. And uh, but I feel like people people fuck with me because I I don't sugarcoat nothing. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like they know like if I say something that's is hot, it's because it's really hot, you know? Yeah. So um honestly, like that's kind of how it started and it's um just kind of like snowballed to where a lot of people come to me for not only what's hot out right now, but also producers come to me, they share with me um the beats that they're creating. Um, artists, R&B artists or up and coming rappers, they'll shoot me their tracks and ask me to give them, you know, how I feel about it, if, what sounds right, what they can add to it, what they can take away. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of like snowballed to me just being a music critic, period. So That's dope, though. Like, I, I saw your page and I look not, you know, I'm I'm into being an entrepreneur. So I like anything that somebody decides to be courageous enough to just get out there and just start it up and just go with it. So I looked at the page. I looked at the uh, like the design of everything. I liked how you set everything up. And I was like, this dope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I glanced at a few reviews and I was like, oh, I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. But when I figured out you were the truth is that I was sitting back and I'm, I'm old, man. I'm a, I'm an old nigga for real. Man. Like <laughs> I just clean you my house. You as young as you feel, yo. You I just cleaned my feel. house up today to Tupac. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All eyes on me. Like I'm an old nigga at heart for real. But I was oh like, so I, sometimes I do have a disconnect with young music, like yeah. trap music. Like my trap music was uh, Jeezy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Original, yeah, yeah. Jeezy. So that was my original uh, early, Boys, early Fat Gucci man. You yeah, know what Fat man? Gucci. Back so, when Two Chains was Two Boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Play uh-huh. a circle day. So uh-huh. yeah, that's my trap music. So the new stuff, I'm kind of like. Uh, you know, it's a few people here and there that I'd be like, yeah. okay. It's trap beats with bubble Yeah. So when I knew you were the truth is that I watched one of your reviews mm-hmm. uh, about Lil Baby. Uh, <laughs> I saw Lil Baby and I was like, huh, who is this guy? Another mumble rapper. But you, you had some accurate points. So I said, okay, I'm going to follow everything she said. I'm going to yeah. go through everything that she said. Uh, uh, I'm going to look at, like she said, this was point this and point that. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I listened and I like Lil Baby CD. That shit hard. Yo, like. it's dope. I was shocked. I was I was thoroughly like, impressed by Lil Baby's. I, I was thoroughly impressed. And, you know, I feel like he's one of those people that has been putting out a lot of music, but he's been putting out projects. He yeah. hasn't been just, like, throwing music out there. Yeah. And um, I, I think a lot of people, even the people that have been, like, Lil Baby fans from the beginning can see his progress. And he is a trap rapper. He is somewhat of a mumble rapper, but he honestly, he's saying something when he's rapping. Yeah, and he really like, is. Yeah, and his, my my biggest issue with mumble rappers is like, they rely too much on their hooks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll just say the hook over and over and over again. Like, Playboy Carter, he just dropped his album and the production on it was phenomenal. And that's something that is common with trap rappers is that their production is normally almost better than the actual rap, the lyricism or the rapping, right? Yeah. So um, one thing I appreciated about Lil Baby was that, like, one, the production was phenomenal, but he changed up his flows with the production. And I think that is important as well as, like, you not relying solely on your hooks. If you say your hook in the in the track more than three times, then 
then you're not saying nothing. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not saying anything. And, and that's usually where my disconnect come in. I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh yeah. Know. Because most of the time, people that like that kind of music, they just dancing the whole time. They not <laughs> listening, so like they don't care. But but nah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely went step by step because I, you know, I try to research people and be like, let me see, you know, what they really are. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this project. I said, I'm gonna go all the way through it with her and check it out. Yeah, I've been rocking little baby for the last week. Like, Yo, it, it, it got fed. I like it. It's dope. But speaking of KOD, I thought KOD. Like, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not a J Cole fan. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never owned a J Cole album, but I enjoy. KOD for some reason. Um, like. <laughs> KOD was very disappointing for me. Really? It was very disappointing for me. Okay, so I I've, I have a love hate relationship with J Cole just because I've I've been a J Cole fan for a while and like I feel like what he did with KOD he drew too much attention to himself. Mm. So J. Cole, everybody knew J. Cole was dropping this year because he's one of those artists that drops every two years. Like, he has a cycle of dropping. And For Your Eyes Only was a flop. Nobody really liked For Your Eyes Only. But Forest Hill Drives, like, to me, was one of J. Cole's best projects. So I always have fought for J. Cole for Forest Hill Drives and Friday Night Lights or whatever. But For Your Eyes Only was, like, not a good album. And the way that J. Cole runs his record label, Dreamville, he has a lot of artists on there that are very true and authentically themselves. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of like Earth Gang, Ari Lennox, um, Kaz, Kaz, like um, J.I.D. All of those artists are very authentically themselves. They don't make mainstream music. Yeah. So um, the way J. Cole is running his group and the way that he creates his music, for example, For Your Eyes Only, He's, they're not a group that makes music for the radio. Okay. So um, I think that we, I think just me, not just myself, but a lot of people that, you know, mess with J. Cole, they've accepted the fact that J. Cole is not going to make music that is for the radio. So when he announced that he was coming out with KOD, first of all, he didn't promote it at all. He announced that he was releasing KOD a week before it was released. So he just came out and was like, like, you know, came back on Instagram, whatever. And then um, the the way J. Cole, J. Cole doesn't, he doesn't attract a whole lot of attention in general, period. So the fact that he really, he did promo a week before the, the album was going to come out. He did two free concerts for the album. He did a concert inside of London. I believe it was London. And he did a concert inside of New York, I believe. Two free concerts. People couldn't bring their cell phones in or nothing. It was yeah. a big old ordeal, right? Then... He released the the meaning of the title, KOD. KOD had three different meanings, right? So he did, and the the only person, the only feature artist on the album, I can't remember what the guy's name was. Kill. Yeah, something. Kill Edwards. Yeah. Right? Kill Edwards. So he was the only feature of the album, which was J. Cole, right? Yeah. Just J. Cole with a distorted voice. And Kill Edwards had a track that came out that week before he released the album. Yeah, I heard about that. So yeah. he did. Basically, I'm saying he did a lot of hoopla yeah. for the album before it came out. So I'm like, this is about to be the man. I'm like, this is about <laughs> to be the most, the best J. Cole album. It's about to be so dope, whatever. And then he releases it and it's boring. You thought it was boring? It was boring. So it was not, it was not authentically himself. Okay. In my opinion. I feel like he was trying to emulate 
like trap rap or something. Yes, I, I, I felt, felt like he that. was he was trying to emulate trap rap, and he was trying to break down his message in a way that was easily that it would be easily translatable to the people that listen to trap rap. Yeah, and the people that listen to trap rap, and I'm assuming this is what J Cole was thinking. Most mm-hmm. people that listen to trap rap are the people that he's trying to convey the message to, which is stop doing drugs. Stop yeah. having all this sex. Yeah. Stop looking at his money as a crush. Like he's trying to convey these messages, so he's doing it in a way that these people will listen. But my whole thing is, if you're going to imitate somebody, do it better than them. Yeah. Right. It, and he didn't. Like I didn't think it was done well. I mean, I think ATM was a good song. Mm-hmm. I think KOD was a good song. Um, and I think Kevin's Heart was a good song. I like Kevin's Heart. Kevin's Heart was a really good song. And Photograph was my other one. Right? Yeah, Photograph was a good song also. But the rest of the album was boring. Yeah. And then the last track, which was 1982, I think it was called. I don't know. It was the year that he was born. Yeah. Um, the last song was supposed to be this super, like, he coming at your favorite rapper and, like, you know, whatever. And then I heard it. I'm like, he's not even saying nothing. Yeah, I, I did think with that song, the way everybody was saying it was like a diss and all of that. I really mm-hmm. felt it was a reach. Like this. It wasn't that good. Yeah. You know? And... Um, I mean, he had a, a cool message in it, but it really wasn't like, ooh, he did, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and I think that, you know, it's interesting. I think KOD is just an interesting project in general just because um, he, he, Im- he imitated trap rappers and the people that, most of the people that did, um, that J. Cole won over yeah. were the same people that he was almost making fun of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was interesting in the way that he did it, but I can't take that album seriously. So on a, on another note, with J. Cole, <laughs> <laughs> he dropped the interview with Lil Pump. Yeah, uh, they had kind of teased it earlier in the week, and I think it dropped yesterday or something. Did yeah. you get a chance to check it out? I watched half of it because it was like. Nails on the chalkboard. I watched about I watched about three fourths before I was like I can't take it. No, like, it was terrible. It, it was a like it was trash. Like it was so boring. I learned nothing that you know what I'm saying that I didn't know at first. All, all the stuff that I did learn, I didn't care nothing about. Uh-huh. I still think Lil Pump is like uninteresting. Yeah. Like I still feel like he's like a character a caricature. Like he's like playing a role or something uh-huh. and then it was just like i don't know it's like it was like watching a big cousin come talk to a little cousin i was literally just about to say that <laughs> like it felt like the conversations when i'm trying to force my my, my nephew yeah. to talk like yeah. like how school <laughs> how are your grades you got a girlfriend see, you know what i'm saying like you just trying to force them to say you don't something. you love your mom yeah like, your mom? oh my yeah. goodness it was Terrible. so bad. Like that, that, like to tease that interview was worth. It's like a waste of time. It, yeah. it had no part. I mean, I, I do, I, I guess, respect the fact that um, him being the OG, I guess, to Lil Pump's age, mm-hmm. that he did sit down and squash their their little beef or whatever they yeah. had, if it was a beef. But other than that, it, it was a total waste of time. It's so laughable. Like I just wish. People would stop entertaining beats with with other people that are out of your league. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Like J Cole is way out of Lil Pump's league. I honestly didn't even know what Lil Pump looked like. Uh, to this day, I can't really tell. Well, 
I, the Gucci Gang song. Let's go. Let's him right. I, I really couldn't tell you nothing else by him. I don't know no project titles. Yeah, it's Gucci Gang, Lil Pump. I think it. Yeah, Gucci Gang is Lil Pump, and it's Sketty. That's another Lil Pump song. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a pretty. Now Sketty is dope, but um, Gucci Gang is irritating. But other than that, I didn't know what Lil Pump even looked like. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even tell you what he looked like before that, but um, it's a waste of time entertaining yeah. people that that are beefing with you because they're doing it for clout. Yeah. And J. Cole fell right into it. Um, but I feel like J. Cole felt it was necessary to, you know, make an example. I feel like he tried that. to, he like he low-key, I feel like he tried to 1982 him again, uh, like live or something. <laughs> like, I feel like he tried to do it live. <laughs> nah, like, I, wasn't, I don't even think that. I think J. Cole is trying to emulate a rapper that is positive. Yeah. And, like, I feel like he's he's been doing it in his music and he he felt like he needed to do that on camera, just like, look, you guys, I'm a good guy, and we're cool, <laughs> it's not a big deal, whatever, and it's just like, it's unnecessary. And I feel like J. Cole's just doing a whole lot of theatrics right now, and it's kind of annoying. But So, like, with Lil Pump interview, he said that he Colombian. His mom's Colombian, and his dad is Colombian. Interessante. And with him saying that, it kind of ties into another question or another, you know, thing that I was kind of reviewing. He real comfortable saying nigga on songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really comfortable saying it. And I don't know. I know that some people think that Hispanic people can say it and they get a pass. I really don't feel that way personally. But um, So he real comfortable with it. And I know, like, also um, earlier in the week, Kendrick Lamar had a concert where... Oh, yeah. He he brought a, a, a little girl up on stage, a white girl, a white girl yeah. and he started singing one of his songs, had the N-word in it. Uh, it said nigga, and she said it too, which I, low-key I feel is a setup. But do you think that we are at a point in music where people that are not black can use the, can say nigga? Absolutely not. It's not, it's not that hard of a word to avoid. Yeah. And um, so... From my, from what I've read and what I've seen, what he, he, what he explained to her before she even got on stage, he was like, "Look, you understand the rules. Like, you understand like what you're doing." Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, I got you." And he's like, "Are you sure? Like, you, you know what you're doing?" And I think it was more like he didn't want to completely say, "Don't say the n word." Yeah. But um, you know, I think that. We're we're not in a climate where white people can say that we're I don't care if they sing yeah. a song or reading a book, I don't care. Like we are not in a climate where white people can say nigga ever. Yeah, and, and that's how um, I agree. Yeah, like we're just not like <laughs> it is especially right now where everybody is so it is so many like racial issues going on inside of America. Yeah. Um and realistically, hip hop is not for white people. You know what I'm saying? It's really for us. Yeah. It's FUBU. You know, for us, by us. Right. Hip-hop is real. It's literally like we created it and we are the number one export of hip-hop. So, like, in reality, like, this isn't your safe space. So if we're telling you, like, look, enjoy it. Whatever. Do what you gotta do. Come hang out with us. Come to the concerts. Come sing along. Just avoid saying the N-word. Say right. trigger. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Say like, something like, else. You gotta respect the code, like exactly. It, it just has to it. be a line of respect, and then 
you know, to be sit there and be surprised and shocked and be like, oh, why can't I say it? It's just not a little weird. Like, no, just don't say it. I don't. I really don't under, understand what's so complicated. See, and that's some of the things I look at when I, I look at some of the up and coming rappers. Like, for instance, Lil Pump. Like, you couldn't tell if he was just light skin, mixed, what he was. If he was just a white boy, you got him. You got like Lil Xan, and you got people like uh, Nav that <laughs> like he'll bust it out quick. Like, you know what I mean? I just feel yeah. like. Some I don't know what didn't happen that made people so comfortable, but I, I honestly no pass. I I I really I don't know where the line is drawn. Yeah. I can't tell you. I really can't say where the line is drawn, especially inside of America, where um anyone that is not is non-white is treated as a minority and yeah. treated as the other. Um, it's not as if they don't understand our experience a little bit. Mm. So sometimes um, I feel like they do get a, they do get a pass, not saying that it's necessarily right. But I think inside of society, they kind of get a pass and people don't make as big of a deal about it. It's mainly a bigger issue when people that have those privileges that um, non-white people have, when those people take advantage of saying the N-word, that is when it's a big old problem. Because yeah. back, back, back in the day, um, if you were, you know, around somebody that looked like Nav or looked like Lil Pump. I mean, Lil Pump does kind of look like a little white boy, but, you know, I can't I can't really tell because he has all the tattoos on yeah, the face yeah. and he has the dreadlocks and the color dreadlocks. It's hard to tell, like, if he looks more on the white side or on the Hispanic side, but... Um, I think it just go, comes down to how would you be treated in America? And if you are somebody that would be treated as a colored person, um, it just doesn't feel as offensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Because I, I, especially like with Hispanics, I know they share some of the same struggles. They can understand the pain behind the song as mm-hmm. well and can relate to that artist. I get it to a certain degree, but I feel like that it's, it's becoming like a generational thing where mm-hmm. the younger generation, they're not as offended yeah, by, by, that word, by the yeah. N-word. You know, they haven't been called nigga as many times in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, they're not as sensitive to it. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think like it's a generational thing where the, the, the younger generation just don't really trip off of it as much. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Y'all need to start tripping off of it. It's, it's not cool. Oh, yeah. That is something that we are going to forever have to hold sacred until we are at a, at a status that is even close to being equal yeah. to the majority inside of America. Right now, we are still the majority that's incarcerated, still the majority that's in poverty, yeah. you know, still the majority that is uneducated. Um until we are at that state where we feel even slightly equal, there's that's something we can at least hold that sacred. That's going to be ours, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Until then, like, nah, that's that's ours. Can't take that from us. So, all right, I've been trying to sit on this one for a long time. I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I got everything out of the way, <laughs> and, and this this gonna break down until this gonna be deeper. So mm. we're just gonna start it off with the surface. Mm. Daytona, Daytona drop. Oh yeah, I and dropped. Speaking of, I dropped my review on Daytona earlier today. Okay, dropped my review on that on my Instagram and on my Twitter. And Daytona is the best album of 2018 so far. 
It is. I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to agree. It's the best. Daytona, I done listened to it so many times in the last 24 hours. I've listened to it seven times since it's dropped. Daytona, fire. This is what I call Pusha T, man. Pusha T. <laughs> I call him adult contemporary trap music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like Pusha T really going in on that. Like, I, I think this may be like one of his best projects. Yeah. I definitely agree. And it's so many levels to this album. Like, it's it's so many levels, it's almost to the point of being intimidating. Yeah. Especially as, like, a music critic and a music reviewer. Like, I know there's somebody out there, like, I'm waiting for the pitchfork, like, breakdown. <laughs> because I'm telling you, it is going to take weeks for people to be able to break down this album. It's from the sampling to the influences of the production to... Of, like you said, the album cover to the names of the, the tracks. Yeah. Like, it's like there's so many metaphors and symbols yeah. and imagery, and it's it's incredible. And it's something that I have not seen out of any album that has come out so far this year. I, I agree. And it's wild because a lot of people think that Pusha T is talking about drugs all the time, yeah. and he is. But it's almost like a secondary language. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. He's he's talking drug talk, but he is he's saying other things in ways of say of speaking about it through drugs. Listening to this album reminds me of watching "This Is America" video by mm-hmm. Childish Gambino. Just levels. It's like you watch it one time, but you got to go back because you missed something. But you got to go back because you missed yeah, something else. Exactly. And each time it's just something keep getting revealed. I'm probably going to listen to it again after the podcast. Yeah. Like, I was listening to it on my way here. <laughs> like, that's the wild part. Like, and it's crazy. Like, like even, for example, um, Come Home Baby. Like, it's not a Come Home Baby. The I'm trying to think of, the, of how the sample goes. But it's like, I've never been inside of a world so cold. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the track, he's literally talking about how hard it is being a drug dealer. Yeah. Like he's literally talking about how hard it is. And like one of the lines is like black on black. That's the Tesla. Yeah. Like literally like I'm selling drugs to black people, but it's making me bread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so hard. And then like the fact that he had Whitney Houston as the her. Unfortunately. You know, R.I.P. Whitney Houston. He had the cover art for the album to be a, a tabloid photo of Whitney Houston's bathroom during like the height of her her drug addiction, and I think it's to say like there is there's beauty and there's also a lot of pain inside of you know this lifestyle that he had been living for a yeah. really long time, and um, it's tough. Like even if you're not somebody that can relate to, um, you know, the Ronald Reagan era and somebody yeah. that can relate to drug addiction being directly inside of your family. You can at least relate to it. The fact that drugs are taking away your favorite celebrities, your favorite singers, yeah. your favorite rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there is like a really strong negative effect to being a, a drug dealer. And I just, I, I that album is incredible. It really is. Like, my song is uh, The Games We Play. That like, is my favorite track. Hey, he, the that beat, is my favorite Kanye track. Kanye came through all the way oh through. Oh, my God. On that beat. And, yeah. And, and, like, he, like, if you like you if you if grew up in my era, you know, I'm a 
I'm an 80s baby, but I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a 90s hip hop fan. Yeah. And coming up in my era, like the 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 puns and the metaphors that he was spitting about, like he was like, this music is for uh, people who came up listening to the monsters from Yonkers. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's talking about the locks and, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's what Charlamagne said inside of his interview. Yeah. He was like, that's his favorite track because he understands a lot of the yeah. metaphors that he feels like, you know, 90s babies and older yeah, aren't I can, gonna, I mean, I can see that. aren't going to understand. I can see that, yeah. yeah. So I was listening to that, like, and yeah, Kanye came through. Because I always, I don't know, Kanye scared me because every time he, every time a project is over, yeah, he, he like, he ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then when he come back, he it's like he talking crazy. Yeah. And then it's like it's like each time I think we'd have lost Kanye. Yeah. But then he'll come back and he'll drop some tracks and I'd be like, okay, like we safe again. <laughs> but I always think like one of them times we just not gonna get Kanye back. Like, oh you know, my goodness. When you say we lost Kanye, what do you what in what context do you mean we lost Kanye? I feel like that Kanye is going to get lost inside of a mental breakdown and not return from that breakdown. Yeah. Like I I can I can see that Kanye definitely pushes the boundaries in terms of his mental health. Yeah, I like I can really see him taking off time cuz he really be so tired from the shit that's oh, going on. Oh, he's already his head. done that though. Yeah, he so, took off a year and literally sat in a closet. Yeah, yeah I can see that because yeah, it's just like like with a lot of his interviews you, you want to be mad at Kanye because he says some stuff that's offensive, mm-hmm. but low-key is it offensive? Because low-key, he might be on point, he just don't know how to communicate it. Yeah, so... Yeah. So, I, that's that's the write-up I, uh, I was telling you about. Um, we had talked about earlier about how I was working on a write-up before I came here. And, um, you know, my whole thing is I feel like we can appreciate Kanye as an artist. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to say we lost Kanye because I don't think Kanye has ever fell off in yeah. terms of his artistry. Yeah, his I artistry think, always on Yeah, point. his artistry has always been consistent. So I think we're always going to have Kanye the artist. Kanye the person, I think Kanye is a shitty ass person. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's always been that. He's always been cocky. Yeah. He's always been arrogant. Um, so he's always been a trash person in general. Um, so I don't think we've I don't think we've lost Kanye West in as like the producer. Yeah. Um, I think that we I don't I, I don't think we have Kanye West like the black advocate. Like I don't think we really have him like that anymore. Um nah. not not really. I mean like and even the rapper, because I can't even say he's really spit anything he that's hasn't. been phenomenal and a while even the verse that he did on um infrared wasn't that good was it infrared or was it yeah uh, i think it's it was, uh what would me do yeah what would me do yeah, yeah the track the the verse he did on what would me it was, do was it was, the, real it was mediocre yeah. mm-hmm. it, it was, was weak as hell um so so I yeah think, like the, yeah that part of him definitely but you know what i'm gonna just say this and this is, i mean people might not like it but i don't think kanye was ever the greatest like lyricist. Yeah. Like he was cool. And, and he and at the time that he came, he was different. Because he was he came up when the rock was hot. And then it was like everybody was like it was it was state property. It was the rock. It yeah. was you know what I'm saying? So everybody was these real hardcore D boy strong mm-hmm. uh pants sagging chains on and Kanye yeah. was 
the polo, polo shirt flipped yeah. up, the Gucci. The backpack. Yeah, he was totally different. But that difference was like yeah, a was breath like, of fresh air mm-hmm. to everything that was going on. But when I when I go back to listen to it, I mean, he had good songs. His verses weren't trash. Yeah. But they weren't like, they weren't J level. They weren't, you know, they weren't Beans yeah. level or nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's hard because I feel like, so Kanye West is probably my one of my favorite artists uh, of all time. And it's, it's hard because I just keep learning that he's had all of these writers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm learning that Saha the like Jesus walks one of Kanye West's greatest tracks. Yeah. Like Saha wrote Jesus. Wow, Walks. for real. Yeah, Saha the Prince. Saha is a monster. He too. is a monster. Man, have you seen his um funk flex freestyle? Yeah. yeah. Oh my, Saha fire! But once I found out Saha wrote Jesus, I walks, know that it made me rethink a whole lot of things because um like my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is my favorite album of all time. Yeah, and Saha has writing credits on writing credits on about eighty percent of that album. Wow. Yep. So I mean, I love Kanye West as a producer. I love him as a producer. Um, but in terms of being a lyricist, though the um the waters are a little muddy because yeah. I don't know what he's written and what he hasn't yeah. written. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and then also like you were saying, I Kanye is kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> He's a shitty yeah. person. Yeah. You know, it's okay, but it's okay to say that. Yeah. Right? And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is that you don't have to tie the artist with their work because people feel like, all right, if let's say, for example, let's say there was a scandal that came out with Jay-Z. Let's say Jay, we, we find out Jay-Z has a bunch of child pornography on his computer. Right. Are we going to cancel all of Jay Z's music because of that? Are no, we going to stop sh- listening? We shouldn't. Are we going to stop listening? It's like right at that very moment. Are we going to stop listening to everything that Jay Z's ever created? Are we going to say fuck Jay Z's legacy, fuck everything that he's done for the culture? As soon as we find that out, and, and I feel like we shouldn't. I, I, I mean, I believe that it would happen that way, but because R Kelly, yes, R, R- Kelly is a a, a wonderful like, example, and I think. R. Kelly for me is hard. He's that one person that's tough for me just because there's so many allegations against him, yeah. yet he still has not gone to jail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's because been found innocent and everything. Exactly. And that's the frustrating thing about me when it comes to R. Kelly. Yeah. I personally am like, oh, yeah, like if, if it comes to an artist, like an artist can be a fucked up ass person in reality, but that does not mean I'm not going to appreciate their yeah. art because. I look at them as two separate and completely like separate entities because I feel like your art can serve greater purposes, yeah, yeah. but you can be a shitty ass fucking person. We need we need to hold these artists <laughs> accountable. We absolutely like yeah. by no means do I say don't hold the artists accountable. Yeah. We need to hold them accountable, but their bodies of work should still. But stand. their bodies of work should still absolutely stand because their bodies of work can serve a greater purpose. Exactly, like for instance, uh, and this is a little bit off subject, but with the uh, Bill, oh, sorry. with the uh, Bill Cosby situation, when they heard the allegations, not even facts behind anything, mm-hmm. but allegations, they started removing his statues. They started yeah. taking his his doctorates or you know his complimentary documents, uh, mm-hmm. documents or whatever from other colleges. And then they canceled the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue with that is that, you know, when the Cosby show come on, they, they gain residuals from their, those repeats that come on. Yeah. 
But not only do Cosby get money from that, but every actor that participated, yep. all the production teams and everything, yep. they, exactly. get they get a check. So because Cosby did some creep ass shit mm-hmm. on his own, fuck everybody else. Yeah, like and I don't, then, I don't, I agree. I don't think it's fair. And and that's, those shows had great messages, even though mm-hmm. he was a creep. You yeah, know he was like, a creep, and it definitely had great great messages. Like there was not a lot of black father figures on television. Yeah. You know that were actually there for their families, promoting um, uh, jazz and promoting college, education. And, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. I I definitely I absolutely agree. Um, and again, like I just feel like when it, once more people start looking at bodies of work as separate from the artist, then they'll begin to understand like you don't have to choose. Yeah, right. And that and that's what I'm I, I write about inside of my write up is like you don't have to choose. You can appreciate the the work that an artist has created while still holding the artist accountable still saying yeah. yo you're a shitty fucking person yeah. you need therapy we need to get help for you have you ever seen the boondocks episode with uh, r kelly yeah, yeah when r kelly when they were going through the trials of r kelly yeah. and, and huey gets on there and he does a whole speech he's like you love r kelly get some therapy for r kelly introduce <laughs> him to some older women and you know what like because People were like, no, nah, he's innocent. He's innocent. Yeah. And they know he's not innocent. You he's know what literally I'm saying? on tape. He like... literally is on tape. And they're like, oh, that's not him. You can't even see his <laughs> face. And then he adjusts the camera and it's right <laughs> in his face. And no, everybody still is like, oh, he's innocent. And it's because people feel like you got to choose between the artist and their, their work. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I choose their work. So I got I have to make an excuse for them. Yeah. Right. That's like, what, yeah. Just like the situation with Kanye West, everybody that was like, yo, I don't want to cancel Kanye, so I'm just going to sit here and be like, oh, he's not so crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that offended. But it's like, the stuff that he said was offensive. It was. And and that's one of the things you got to know, even as a public figure, like, you got to, even if you feel that way, like, to the core of you, Mm -hmm. you got to know that it's some people that support you who that's going to offend. You know what I mean? Like, And you got to take that all those people that follow you, you got to eat that and be like, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I respect my fan base. Uh-huh. I'm a chill. Yeah. So, you know, or did he ever issue an apology for the slavery comment? Or did he, just- <laughs> he, he, he didn't necessarily apologize. I think he went back and tried to explain himself yeah. a little bit deeper. And, but at the same time, blamed us for not having free thinking. And- but I am glad that Van Lathan, like, oh yeah, that like really him out. got yeah. He put his foot oh, yeah, on his neck. He got his ass. He got in his ass. I'm glad of that because you you know he not the only black person in that room. Oh yeah. And the fact that he stood up and said something, I, I'm I'm super proud of that because yeah. some of them other people would have just sat there and just shook their head and yeah. just kept working. Yeah, somebody needed to say something. Yeah. Higher, and everything he said was perfect and accurate and appropriate, and it was all necessary. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate Ben for that also. So with Kanye being on the uh, What Would Meek Do song, mm-hmm. I'm vibing through the whole CD. And I'm saying CD. I don't even have not owned a CD in years. <laughs> I don't know that That's the old nigga came out of me real quick. But <laughs> I'm, I'm vibing to the whole little tape or whatever. Wow. Like the CDs. Did you have like the book inside of your car? I did. I still got a book somewhere. Oh, in you didn't know that. <laughs> Trash. Why? I still got sir? a book somewhere. Lord. I think I got a book. Two books somewhere around oh, here, somewhere. One full of CDs, one full of DVDs. Oh, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I do have a DVD collection. 
Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I got them. But, <laughs> oh but listening to the, um, listening to the little playlist or whatever, you know, wasn't even out 24 hours mm-hmm. and Duppy came oh, just yeah. diving out there. And the Drake, uh, ah, man. And I'm like, damn, Drake was really, oh, he was in his bag. Oh, my god, man. Like, this, okay, when he dropped, what was it? Re, what was the recharge or charger? What was it called? For charged me? up, charged up, yeah. When he, he dropped, he charged, up, charged up, and back it was back. Eh, back to back was. Okay, it's a little bit more comical, but yeah. it wasn't the greatest diss track. I mm-hmm. think it only got a lot of hype because we hadn't had a quiet. real beef in a while. I mean, my, my biggest thing, I think the biggest thing was the fact that Meek was quiet for so long. Yeah. Like, and that's what I keep telling people because they're like, oh, yeah, like, it don't matter. And Pusha don't got to respond. And I'm like, he does Ooh, have to he respond because to. Drake is petty. He is petty as fuck, and he is he just gonna keep coming over and over and over again, coming at him, yo. He didn't give he didn't give Pusha T his whole twenty four hours to like let his CD. And he can't. <laughs> Drake knows he can't because it's like Drake has all of these these ghostwriter allegations against him. Yeah, which I mean, rightfully so. You have like we all know Quentin Miller wrote mm-hmm. for you for um, what a time to be alive. So I mean, like no, 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 not what a time to be alive. If you're reading this, it's too late. So we all know Quentin Miller like wrote a majority of them songs, but so like at this point Drake knows if he gonna come out with a diss, he gotta come out with a quick, so he yeah. don't think that he, that he got somebody else to write it for him. But that Drake was pissed, like like he went hard, right? You know what I'm saying? Like he felt no, some type yo, of way. The fucking sigh he did in the beginning, <laughs> the nerve, the audacity. I say that on somebody comments. They said Drake sighed like. He had just sat on the couch and realized that the remote was on the side of the TV. <laughs> that ass, though. He did. Like, somebody said to him, was like, yo, he's tired. Like, he's dead ass tired of having this conversation. Like, and he is. I'm sure Man. he is. Like, oh, like, yes, Quentin Miller wrote for me. Damn. And it's like, okay, like, I know Drake can make it here. I'm not the biggest Drake fan. I think. Wow. And it's the thing with me, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater. But, yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep your eye on mine. And then it was a first sign. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, I don't know. I think after a while, it was too many love songs. It was too many the people like he was putting up songs that didn't have no effort behind it, and they were still being hits. And yeah, because I was, was telling me and my friends were talking about that because they was like, what was he talking about? Um, it was like, has Drake ever made, put out a bad verse? And I was like, to me, for free was lazy as fuck. Yeah. You know, so I agree. He has some things out there. And then I'm gonna be honest with you. To me, like the what's the uh, nice for what, dude? If he didn't pull all the cheat codes, to, oh yeah, to the he game, put out some cheat codes for nice for what. Like, yeah, <laughs> he put the Lauryn Hill sample on yeah. top of the, the the New Orleans bounce yeah, music. Yeah, the New Orleans Come bounce. Come on, man! Like you he, know that's he, a he hit. He pulled out the video that had all the black women in. Come on, all red. the cheat codes. He was like up down, up down, <laughs> left back, left back, like all the cheat codes. So I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, "Come on, Drake." Yeah, man. I mean, and, I mean, as he said it himself. Like, there's some people that make good music like that just are good at making like yeah. songs and then there's people that like rap like i can't i can't take away from like he has a hit factory like mm-hmm. he he throws up like jumpers all day long like yeah 
You can't take that from Drake with that. But I think sometimes it ain't that you want somebody to fall off, but sometimes, I don't know, I think when somebody too comfortably at the top for too long, you kind of, it ain't that you want them to fall off, but you look for maybe a different approach or... I feel you. I mean, like... He stayed with the wave. Whatever's popular like, this year, yeah. Drake gonna drop a song accordingly. Yeah, just like with him being on uh, Black Boy JB. Yeah. You know? He like, find whoever hot and he, he makes, like... But yeah, I agree. Having that Drake verse on there definitely yeah. helps. I don't know. Drake kind of was like, huh. Yeah, you know? you're tired of him. I and that's like what it Drake was. Drake was the, the LeBron of, uh, of hip-hop. And I mean, like, at the end of the day, I think that Drake is very, very talented. I think I honestly think Drake is a very lyrical artist. Like if you listen to Diplomatic Immunity, if you listen to um, Lord Knows, yeah. like he has a lot of different tracks where he's going in. But at the same time, like you said, he he knows how to make catchy ass fucking yeah. song. He knows how to make music for the radio. And that's why Drake is so successful is that he's able to cater to both the underground more lyr- lyrical um, market as well as catering to the uh, mainstream or the um, the crossover market. But I can't take nothing from him, man. Duffy, he he went off, man. Like, he really let yeah. him have it. And I, I was saying, I was talking about it last night, and I'm like, you know, I don't know if you want to play with Pushy T. I don't know if you want to do that. And then... <laughs> And then I had to catch myself. I said, you know what? Let me take that back. I said, because I said the exact same thing when it came and to Meek. Mills, and yeah. Meek, is, Meek is from a battle rap uh-huh. uh, background. And he dropped. I said, we can't, oh my God. We like, can't lose two dark-skinned dudes in a row. We can't do see, that. The Meek thing frustrates me because have you heard Kendrick U next where he goes in on Cassidy? No. Oh my goodness gracious. So as soon as this podcast is over, I'm gonna play Kendrick U next for you. And Meek goes in on Cassidy on five different beats. Right. Like the beats just switch up and he's just going in. And so Meek know, Meek knows how to make this record. Yeah. The problem is when Drake came at him, he was on tour. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He on tour and he on tour with Nikki. So he won't think about making no... Like Man, he they would have had to, to find me a studio Yeah, song. exactly. Because when he dropped, um, it was too late. Very too late, but oh, yeah. very good. What was it? War Red? Was it... I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah. Like, I ran it once. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was, was good, good, but it was too late. It was like, go ahead on with it, man. But It he, was, yeah, it was too late for one. And two, that was the one he said, uh, T.I. Boy peed on him or something? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. About him, he peed on the movie theater or something. But nah, like I think it's multiple things. Like people don't hold artists to the same standard now that they used to in terms of like they used to want rappers to 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 write everything themselves yeah. because you know rapping used to be about your lifestyle. Like you live the lifestyle that you rapped about back in the yeah. day. Nowadays, people, I mean, they can rap about them. Being in games, them, you know, slanging coke, whatever, but it not necessarily be the lifestyle that they really live, yeah. and people aren't completely offended by it, you know. So, I think the problem is that w- when it came to meat, and when it comes to pushing tea, because that was something that pulled away from my review for him, was that you guys are are coming at Drake for things that his the mainstream market don't care about. Right. You know, they don't care about the fact that he didn't write his own music. They don't. Like, they don't. Like the new consumer. Has, 
Yeah, they don't. don't. Care. Like new consumers only t- care about being lit. They don't care yeah, about exactly. Integrity. Like, can like, I dance to this? Can yeah. I get fucked up to this music? That's it. Whatever. But they don't. They don't care about who was in the room. Yeah. Uh, when the when the music was created, all they know is that Drake performs it. Yeah. You know. So and because they thought it, it was a big exposure, telling everybody about Quentin Miller. It wasn't. I think Quentin back to working at Kroger's. Like I don't. <laughs> Quentin still he still <laughs> makes music. I'm a Quentin Miller fan. He uh. He, he he's making music. Yeah, he he's a part of a, a group called Wedding Crashes. Okay. Um, and they put out a couple of um, tapes. I think they just put out something recently. Quentin Miller actually just put out a track with uh, Ty Dolla Sign recently. And uh, I'm I, I'm honestly a Quentin Miller fan. Yeah. So in terms of like his music, but um, yeah, Quentin Miller wasn't that wasn't a it wasn't a big deal and yeah, even for wasn't. me like for the for the mainstream market it wasn't a big deal but even me like i was like i don't i don't people ask me that i'm like i don't care like people ask charlamagne about it too he's like i don't care you, you know what i think it is though i think that when we talk about greatest of all time mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't even though drake has a track record to be listed yeah i don't think he he's listed in like the top 10 of probably greatest artists of all time I think that, like, because I think, like, if you would have said, like, "Hey, coming to find out, all of Jay Z raps was written by Memphis Bleak," it'd be like, <laughs> "Damn, like, oh, what yeah, the people fuck?" Like, you know, but it's like with Drake, we know he he drop hits, but we don't really hold him to a standard of that he has to be lyrical. Or I he definitely, has to- I definitely can agree with you about that. Um, I'm not sure about the top of all time. Heart. When you talk like top five dead or alive, people usually have the same people. Like I didn't started telling people like, oh, yeah, don't I tell mean, me about no dead people. Like they already. <laughs> like if you gonna say T- Tupac, my favorite artist. Yeah, period. yeah. But we don't gotta keep saying his name. Like you. Oh know, yeah, like, like I mean, like, at some point, yeah. Like it's cool. Like we don't gotta keep saying big. We don't gotta keep. Saying, yeah, because it's, it's assumed. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we don't gotta keep saying. Uh, to me, I don't feel you gotta keep saying Jay Z or you gotta keep saying Nas. Like cool, we we know. Mm-hmm. So let's put them over there. They on another level. But let's get some new top. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I always ask people. Like, who are your favorite artists out right now? Yeah. Right, because I don't want to hear you tell me about an artist that hasn't put out an album in five years. Yeah. Right, but I mean, personally, I think Drake is probably one of the best rappers out in the last ten years. Definitely. And um, I was, I was that. Yeah, so I mean, like, I wouldn't push, I wouldn't put it past and, anybody. And probably the only artist in the last ten years with a steady track record. Oh yeah, he's like, very he consistent. Hasn't he's had very a fall consistent. off at all. No scandals or nothing. Like he's been pretty yeah. straight. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's like the LeBron of, of rap. Pretty you know much. what I'm saying? And um, he's done everything very intelligently, very smart. And I mean, so who who you taking with with Drake or or Pusha? Drake or Pusha? And do you think this is promo? Like, I, both of, of them me, got albums coming out right now. So part of me think that this is, um, like, they 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 put this together. Like yeah. they sat down and talked about it first. <laughs> uh, part of me feels that way. But if we're gonna assume that that is not what this is, what's going on, that this is truly a beef. Um, I mean, I think. Man, this is tough. It's tough because I think Pusha T is way more lyrical than Drake. But I think in terms of beef, I think that Drake is going to come out on top just because Drake is super fucking clean. Yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot people have on Drake. 
Um, besides the fact that, I mean, he's a rapper singer and he was in love with Rihanna and yeah. Quentin Miller used to write his shit. Yeah. Besides that, like, I mean, he threw a bottle at somebody at a club. Like, besides that, there's not a whole lot people have on Drake. I, I feel like that lyrically, Pusha can have this in the bag. Yeah, I agree. But Drake know how to make a hit song. Yeah. So he can turn your beef into a hit oh, song. Oh, yeah, a hit, a fucking Billboard and, 100. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Pusha can make a hit. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's it's, okay. And that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's cool, but it's, that's kind of, that's really what made Back to Back go strong. It wasn't that it was the greatest song. Yeah. It was it was that it made it to yeah, it be a catchy. billboard, you know, and it was like they was really playing that in the club, like uh-huh. you know, like me couldn't go no, to no club without hearing back to back. Hell no, it, it was spinning on the radio, and you you never heard a, a diss song like that that actually was spinning on the radio and in the club and in the stores and yeah. when you're in the elevator uh-huh. and you know what I'm saying. So it was just like it was everywhere you went. I think that that's the only one up that. Drake can do, even though I don't think Duffy is a is a club song. I think that's a real battle. Nah, song. yeah, I agree, and it's because he put together he put it together so quickly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think Duffy was like, it's not something that's for for uh, mainstream markets at all. Yeah. Um. But I honestly think he did that on purpose, just because it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, Drake, you can't take no time because you already have all of these writing allegations against you. Right. No matter how many people give you writing credits, like people are like the market and the audience has always been think that <laughs> like fucking Quit Miller is in the back writing still to this day. You know? So but I mean ultimately I think to the public eye it's gonna be Drake. Yeah. But like, you know, people that really truly appreciate hip hop, if Pusha T come back, he's gonna come back with some super fucking lyrical over your head shit. Um, but Drake is gonna make a song that like niggas is gonna be twerking to. You. <laughs> so, all right, man. So, we've been going for a little minute. I got like one last question, and I'm listening. Like this is this is an important question to me. I told you I'm old and stuff. You know okay, what I'm, I'm listening. So, like, did R and B really die? Oh, like is it really dead? Like, oh my goodness gracious. Oh, that's a really good question. So, I think, I think classic, classic R&B is, is, is dying, yeah. right? I think R&B is a genre that um, is being picked up by other genres. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have trap R&B, which is, like, the, the Bryson Tillers and then mm-hmm. the uh, Ty Dolla Signs and... Um, Jeremiah, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like the trap R and B, and then you have like the soulful R and B, which is um I'm trying to think of a good example. But you have like the trap R and B, you have like, like soulful the, the Anthony Hamilton. Mm, no, I think Anthony Hamilton is closer to like classic R and B for real, for real. Um, when I say soulful, I mean like more like jazzy R and B. So you have like the the more like jazzier R and B, like uh, Aaron Ray, mm-hmm. um, Smino. Well, Smino is almost like jazzy slash like hip hop R and B. I honestly think R and B is becoming a genre that is is being infused in other genres. Yeah. Um, the way that 
like jazz has been infused in like hip hop with Kendrick yeah. and R and B and rap or whatever, like rap with Fonte and whatever you know, you know, other artists. But I think classic R and B is is dying. Yeah, I absolutely think it I is. I feel bad for that, man. I feel like that. I grew up listening to classic 90s R&B. Yeah, like Tyrese and yeah, you Carl know, Thomas. Oh, uh, Jagged Edge. Jagged you Edge, know, like, next. Like, who do you get married to now? You just come down the aisle like, shoot. So old school. I mean, like. <laughs> Yo, that's funny as fuck. But now, like, that ass though, like. It's like it's a wrap. Like it I, I look, is. I try to look for artists, and then I like I see somebody come out like Tyrese, and he'll be like, "I'm number one on Billboard." Mm-hmm. But I'm like, "But you number one out of who though? Like you know, it's not that many, it's not that yeah. much competition." Because I mean, like, what you got, Chris Brown for real? Yeah. Chris Brown. Yeah, Chris Brown's starting to really merge into hip hop. So it's like, yeah, when you pull pull up a hip hop playlist, Chris Brown will be over there. You know, yeah, it's like hip hop ate it or something. But it's like also when you look at pop. Yeah, it's like they it's like they still like R and B, but they don't like us singing R and B. Because if you look at Sam Smith, Adele, those are R and B artists. Yeah, but it's like they won't sell it from us. Because to me, Sam Smith sound like Tank. You know what I mean? Like like Tank. I think oh, like oh, that "Stay with Me" song really sound like Tank to me or something. Like I don't know, but I don't know. Because have you heard? The tank tank that I've been listening to. <laughs> the tank, the new tank. Um, uh, uh, what's the song he got out right now? Uh, when we yeah, and uh, he got another track. He tank kind of nasty. Tank kind of hard. Classic R&B, <laughs> like bedroom R&B. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So but it, like, it made but, me yeah. notice it because I remember when the R&B market is being taken over by women right now. Yeah, but um, it's still not like classic R&B by any means. Like, even yeah. the females that are out right now in terms of R&B, like uh, LMA that has the boot up track. Yeah. Um, even Beyonce. Like, yeah, Beyonce. She's like, not even, R&B no more. Yeah, the, their music is more like upbeat. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, I think R&B is a genre that's being absorbed by yeah. other genres. And I feel like genres in period, right? In, in period. Genres in general right now are all being Melted together, exactly. Kind of. And ooh, excuse me, even um, because people ask me like, I always ask people what their music aesthetic is. Like that's like literally like the first question I ask people when I have conversations with them about music. And most of the time, their music aesthetic are fusions of other genres. Mm-hmm. And I know like my music aesthetic is a fusion of soul, jazz, and hip hop. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, I feel like it's not just R&B, but like all genres have some sort of fusion, um, you know, in there. But R&B think, is definitely like. Mine would probably be soul, jazz, and hip hop. I think we we found a way to like fuse it all together. And that's what makes everybody so like different. Yeah. And so like dope. Like for me, like my favorite artists right now are like Gold Link, Smino, Aaron Ray. Saba, um, Kaz, Boz, like I like hip Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is like my favorite artist out right oh, now. Oh, black. Black, yeah. I like black. Black go hard. Yeah, black is super dope. Like that's another artist, right? Like artists that have a a fusion of hip hop and um yeah. in like soul and jazz. To me is like that that's 
what I listen to, like on a like I go back and I listen to over and over again. So um, I don't, I definitely think R and B is like one of those genres that's being absorbed by other genres. Yeah. Um, are the classic R and B that we used to, have, you know, clean our houses to? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just that shit's dying out yeah, a little bit. It's over. You know, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. so. That, in my opinion, yeah. I, I've never really been much of an R&B head, for real, for real. Like, because I have, so I have, I run a group called The Music Panel. Mm-hmm. So, like, shout out to The Music Panel. Shout out to all my members. Um, I have an Instagram for it. It's at The Music Panel on Instagram. And, um, you know, I have people inside of the group that all specialize in, like, you know, different genres and different mm-hmm. areas. And we talk about this. I'm not an R&B person by any means. <laughs> like I am the hip hop. I'm the hip hop guru. Like I'm the hip hop person. I do have people in my group that are like the R&B go tos. But uh, like my, my my friend Brad, like he's the R&B guy. Like yeah. anything R&B, I'm tagging Brad. But like me, I'm the I'm the hip hop person. You know. So. R.I.P. Hey, I'm sorry. R.I.P. 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 Somebody will get it back right. Somebody. <laughs> they trying. But man, so I do thank you for coming out, man. Absolutely. Blessing the show. I think this is going to be one of the best shows. I mean, they had a lot of. No, absolutely. Detail. Yeah, I'm going to definitely uh, make sure to post it on my Instagram. If, if you guys are following along, if you're not following me on Instagram, Twitter, follow me at DJ the Blogger, or you can follow me on my other Instagram at the music panel. Um, other than that, yeah, this is fun. This is dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, again, go ahead and catch your boy at Crown Jewels Podcast on SoundCloud, uh, Crown Jewels Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. If you got questions, uh, you can email me at crownjewelspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at Crown Jewels Pod. Sound like a shout to me. The journey is over.